Welcome to this edition of the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters podcast, sponsored by Carolina Waters and Carolina Palsport Outfitters, the podcast that covers the tournament trails in North Carolina and beyond. Welcome back, and I hope everyone is having a great week so far. If you haven't yet, make sure you go you go back and check the last two episodes that feature Rick Rowland. He's been on fire lately and just came up with a third place finish at the CKA event at Lake Randman. We'll get into the CKA Lake Randman event later in the week. This is going to be a multi-podcast week here. But on today's episode, we're going to jump straight into my guest today. I've wanted to have Scott Simmons on for a couple weeks now. He won the Queen City Catapa Clash event, and we've been going back and forth trying to figure out uh, when he'd be able to come on the show. I went on vacation and he went on vacation. So it's been a couple weeks where we've been trying to figure it out here. And we finally got it together and we uh, we recorded the other day. And I want to make sure and get that out right away since that tournament's been a couple weeks now. So before we get to Scott, however, I have to thank Carolina Waters for their support of the podcast. Carolina Waters is a performance and outdoor lifestyle brand that celebrates the aquatic resources in North Carolina from the mountains to the coast, and all points in between. Check out their selection of lightweight performance shirts with sun protection, soft-style logo tees, multi-season hoodies, and a variety of headwear. Whether you're on the water or just hanging around town, Carolina Waters has you covered, and my listeners can use the code KAYAK at checkout for a special offer. Check them out at carolinawatersnc.com, on Instagram at carolinawatersnc, and on Facebook at carolinawatersnc. I'd also like to thank Carolina Palsport Outfitters for supporting the podcast. CPSO specializes in putting you in the kayak that fits your needs at the best price around. CPSO are a dealer for Native, Feel Free, Three Waters, Johnny Boat, Sea Stream, and Cuckoo Watercraft. Visit their website at www.carolinapso.com and their main location at Ace Hardware in Arcadia, located 10 miles south of Winston-Salem. My guest today won the Queen City Catawba Clash back in June with 74 and a quarter inches, Scott Simmons. Scott, thanks for joining me. We'll start here. How much experience do you have fishing with Queen City and how much kayak experience do you have overall? Um, it's probably, that was only my second tournament with, with QC. Um, probably been tournament, kayak tournament fishing, not even. Even two years last year was my first full year that I fished with another club that was in, in South Carolina called Plastic Navy. Okay, okay. So how did how did you kind of how did you kind of get into the kayak fishing experience then? I, um, is you know I'm one of these kids that grew up with a fishing rod in my hand, but my dad worked you know, weekend shift, so we never, ever fished tournaments, and, you know, every time I always went with my friends, you know, I, we all, you know, competitive, you know, I always, you know, kick their tails most of the time, and mm-hmm. like I said, not last year, last year, year before, um, there was this tournament, as a matter of fact, it was a QC, Palmetto State, and Plastic Navy, it was the first tournament I ever fished, it was a here tournament here in south carolina monticello i was like i'm just gonna go fish it you know your first tournament you're nervous anyway so i'll pull up down there dude i mean there's like there's kayaks they're wrapped they people jerks but sponsored i'm like man this is 
way over my head. And I think I ended up finished like third or fourth in that tournament. Fish one or two more at that time, end up qualifying for the Plastic Navy, like their end of the year thing. Didn't do real good in it. And like last year, I fished their whole season. I think I won two turn, two or three tournaments with them. Ended up winning the AOI with them, which then are they're a smaller club. Mm-hmm. And last year, the the Palmetto State they had a big tournament on Murray, which is the lake I grew up on, and I ended up winning it. And I'm like, you know, I can compete with some of these guys. So, you know, it just kind of rolled like that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you grew up on Lake Murray. What would you consider your 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 uh, I guess the your home lake right now? Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I kind of just fish whichever one, you know, a term was coming up. Yeah, on. I gotcha. You know, I, I work, you know, where everything's crazy. Um, I work six, seven days a week, mandatory overtime. You know, I just, I, this year I've only got to fish tournaments. I haven't got to pre-fish. I just, you know, try to, google earth navionics best i can and just show up and fish i hear you there i hear you there my years sort of been that way too um so yeah let's go ahead and jump into this particular tournament um the Catawba clash so you mentioned you haven't had to practice very much had time to practice very much this year um so what was your preparation like for this particular event with you know nine different options for for fisheries well, Watery's probably hour and a half from the house. I fished it maybe a dozen times, but I like it. I know the quality of fish that's in it, the average of fish that's in it. And just from, you know, fished a couple of turns on it last year with a smaller club, they like to fish it. I kind of I knew what to expect. So I'm like, if... I didn't know till Friday at 12 o'clock when they put overtime list up whether I was even going to get a fish Saturday. So they, I didn't have to work, and I just kind of went from there. Um, one of my buddies, Frankie Wolf, we talk a lot, and I, and I he said he was fishing watery. Well, the, the area I wanted to fish is where him and a couple of other guys from QC was going. I'm like, well, they're fishing for points, so I'm not going to mess them up. So I called uh, – another buddy of mine Cameron that used to run the plastic navy club and dude he's like hey he, that's like his own lake and I was like dude you know where where can I go that I won't mess with them guys so he suggested the ramp and you know that's where I went gotcha okay okay so go ahead and uh you know kind of take me through today what were some of what were some of the keys to keys to your bite that day um, I'm a little old school. I've, uh, a lot of guys, you know, they, they, there's a lot of grass there. That's old frogs, buzz bait. I, I throw a floating worm. It's an old school floating worm. That's just, that's my kind of go-to. It's kind of finessey. Like I said, nobody throws it anymore. Usually everybody's throwing whopper ploppers, frogs, stuff like that. So I started out, that's just, like I said, my go-to. Um, 
I probably fished up the bank. You know, I, we put in, I've never, even, where I put in, I've never seen it. I got daylight, you know, there's a bunch of cement walls, rip wrap, just stuff I like to fish. So I just, I like to cover water. I, I can fish that flood worm pretty fast. So I just, you know, start heading up the bank. I don't know. I probably ain't through four or five times, caught one. I think when I put it on the board, it was like 17 and three quarters. Well, instead of just going ahead and taking a picture of it, I'm sitting here trying to make it an 18. Well, it flips off the board. I'm like, man, here we go. It's like, I, uh, yeah, but I've kind of, I guess that's one of the things you learn the more you do it. it. You know, it don't matter what your equipment is, how good you can fish. If you cannot control your mentality, that's it. And I, and I, you know, I kind of, and it didn't make it, it didn't help no better. There was a guy that put in a rant with me. I sit there and that one flips off and I'm sitting there, you know, fooling around. Well, I watch him catch one across the cove about 18 inches. And I'm like, you know, here it goes one in days. Well, you know, get yourself together, grow at the bank. I probably didn't go, I don't know, I fished 10 more minutes. I think I caught one 18 and a half. I'm like, okay. Well, fish more, catch a couple shorts. I think I missed another one. Head on way back in the pocket. And I just kind of learned from fish and water. There's, there's so much grass. But if you can actually find a place that you can get to the bank, like a cement wall, I'm fishing the grass. So I'm hopping around, hopping around, go way back in the pocket. I don't know. I'll probably fish another hour or so. Just like I said, I'm, I'm pretty wide open. I cover a lot of water. Mm -hmm. um, I think I caught another one. I think it's 18 and a quarter. And then roll on back. I think I catch two more shorts. Then I caught another 15 and a half. And then I think I caught another th 13. So I had a, I had a two good ones with two small ones in the limit. And I'm like, I done calm down by then. But from fishing water a lot, the times I fish, I do real good till the sun comes up. And usually when the sun comes up, I like flip dots, skip dots, whatever. Well, I, I can never catch fish off of dots on that lake. I don't know. It's probably something I'm doing wrong, but I'm sure people do. Well, so I, you know, I tie, what I, I think I put a half ounce sinker. I started flipping the grass. Well, I ain't caught nothing. You know, flip, flip, flip. And I was like, and I had done told Frankie the day before, I'm like, you know, I'm not fishing for points. So I'm fishing this thing to win it. So I, so I put my rod down, you know, went to my, pulled up my GPS stuff and a bunch of like channel swings and stuff out in that lake's not real super deep and it's not super wide. So I went up, just went out to the main river channel, started graphing. And I probably graphed around an hour, I'd see stuff. And it was just, the lake's down a little bit too. So there wasn't a lot of water in the grass, but I had to graft around, graft around, ended up finding a, a little high spot off one of the river ledges. It probably come up 10, 12 feet, had a bunch of scattered rocks on it, you know, and that's something kind of different in that lake because it has so much grass. Well, you, usually, I don't know, man, usually I would throw a shaky head or something like that. Well, I still had that little, you know, thing pegged flipping the grass. Well, I just flip it out there hit the bottom I hopped it twice it was like a 20 incher and I'm like I get him in I was like man throw out there again I think I caught a 16 and I mean I sit there a lot of the fish were from 15 and a half to 16 but I think man I think I caught like 15 bass off of that one rock pile and I ended up catching I already had an 18 and a half 18 and a quarter I caught that 20 
and the other biggest fish I caught there was like a 17 and a half. And I, you know, I tried in between, you know, I'd, I'd set that little punch rig I had down with a, I think it was a Strike King rodent on it. And um, throw, throw a shaky head, couldn't get a bite. I don't know, I don't know if that high spot, there was a brim bed on it and that's what it was, or there was crawdads and rocks where they wouldn't hit nothing but that little beaver bait. It was crazy. That's and, really interesting that they would bite that bite that bait. I, and I, I said, and I, I would, you know, I'd catch a couple fish, and, you know, they'd kind of slow down, and I was like, and I'd pick something else up, and I wouldn't catch nothing. Well, I'd pick that back up, and like I said, I've caught, I got into schools of spotted bass a lot, but that's probably the biggest school of largemouth. I guess it's just one of them things like, you know, right place, right time. I mean, I knew what I was looking for, and I even fished some more stuff later on today that was similar to it and never caught a fish off of it. I guess I just pulled up on that spot at the right time when the fish was feeding. Like I said, whether it, I don't know if it was a brim bed up on that high spot or it, you know, crawled a bunch of crawdads and the rocks. I don't know what it was, but that's all they wanted was that little beaver bait. It was wild. That's awesome, man. You know, being able to catch, it's, you know, for me, I usually like to, like to beat the banks. So that kind of, that kind of, you know, fish after fish after fish offshore is something that's, that's super exciting when you get to do it, you know, especially for me who doesn't go out there and do it a whole lot. Um, is, is offshore fishing something you're comfortable with normally? Yeah, and no, not there, but it was kind of one of those things that I didn't know what else to do because I felt like I couldn't catch no more fish up shallow. You know, it was right. cloudy, sprinkling rain. It was, you know, I pretty much knew that bite was dead. So I just went looking. Um, yeah, I'm okay at it. Um, I like to drop shot a lot. Like, um, there's a lake here that's near my house, Lake Monticello, they call it. It's really, really deep. Um, another smaller lake I like to fish near the house is Lake Greenwood. It has a lot of spots in it now. And I like to get out there and catch them on a little swim bay or, you know, drop shot. And I like to fish vertically. I just don't do it. You know, you, some guys is really good at stuff. I'm just okay at everything, I guess. I can just do just a little bit of everything. I guess jump fish basically is what I do. Right. I got you. I got you. Yeah, you know, and I prefer, me personally, I prefer to to fish shallow. But you know, I feel like if I can if I can find that find that school, I can I can catch fish. For me, it's always about finding them more than actually being able to being able to catch them. Really. Oh yeah, that's those scenarios. Yeah, actually, a lot of times you sometimes you just look up, you know, look up on them. I know I fished the. Uh, the first QC turn of my fish was Lake Wiley. And I, I caught some fish during the day, has had a couple good fish get off at the kayak. Well, I think that tournament ended it. I think it was two. I think it ended, I don't remember. But I was going back to the, you know, I was going back to the ramp and dude, it was like pouring down. So I just stopped under the main bridge up there, was sitting there, you know, just letting the storm go by. And this was like 30 minutes after the tournament. Man, I looked down to the school of spots coming under me, and I sat there and caught three limits bigger than I had to turn with that day. Oh, just, you know, it's just right place at the right time. I was just 30 minutes late on that one. It's right, crazy. right. That's crazy. So do you, are you somebody who, 
um, who looks at the tournament standings throughout the day or um, do you kind of kind of keep it in your keep the standings in your pocket until you until the very end? I usually check. I, 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 everybody's doing. I check about every hour just to see. You know, I mean, you, some people sandbag, but most people don't. Like I hadn't looked at it that morning because it, it watery. It's not a real good signal. So once I had my limit, I moved around and finally got the signal. And then I, you know, I put my fish in, and then when it popped up, I was winning. I was like, you know, that kind of freaked me out. But mm-hmm. I, I do because sometimes that it, it may change what I do. You know, like if, if I check, I like to know kind of where I'm at or where everybody is. You know, a lot of times too, like if I'm not catching no fish and struggling and you pull up the standings and, you know, there's a bunch of people smashing them, you're doing something wrong. Right. If I'm struggling and you pull it up and, you know, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of, like I fished that one um, last week or the other week that was the Yattuck and YOLO. And um, I just, I've never, I just, pulled up the bait and that was just that was the, the lake I fished me and uh, another boy and um we didn't really do that good but wasn't nobody really catching fish that day so that told me it was you know tough on everybody so it can it can help if you use it the right way I gotcha I gotcha yeah speaking of that speaking of that Yatkin uh tournament I was honestly really surprised at how tough that tournament ended up being yeah, it, it was tough, man. I think I had um I had two bass bites all day. I caught a twelve and a inch, twelve and a half inch and a fifteen inch on the shake head. I put in it the I think it was a circle cove boat ramp. Like I said, dude, I don't know. I found it on, you know, looking at Google. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never I never heard them lakes, but you know, if I'm gonna try to fish, you know, with QC and compete, I'm gonna have to learn these lakes. So I'm like, I'm just gonna go. Dude, the boat traffic was ridiculous oh, yeah. i'm talking about ridiculous because i had looked at that, that place like yeah they some but cement walls some grass and there was some good humps and stuff you know on out i was like well i'll fish that when the sun comes up there is no way possible there was no way possible not to mention there was a there was another boat tournament that put in they had like 30 something boats in there they all put in right there it was a mess yeah baden's really bad about that uh about that uh recreation traffic i don't know i don't know what it is about that particular lake but it gets uh it gets pretty hairy there yeah it, it was i said i i got a pa 14 and i was rocking in it <laughs> oh yeah it was wild <laughs> yeah that's uh that's not a fun feeling when it's just every every 30 seconds there's another boat weight coming at you pretty brutal pretty brutal stuff but uh yeah, man. So, you know, you mentioned the you mentioned the floating worm. Um, you, that's not something a whole lot of people throw, and I think it's sort of it's sort of an underrated thing for you know as far as you know Hartwell is one of the places that's kind of that's kind of famous for that floating worm. But how do you how do you sort of figure out how to how to fish that bait and how has it become one of your one of your strengths? My daddy. I mean, dude, I, that's what I grew up. You know, I was one of these little kids that was five years old, you know, throwing a Zevco 33 with a float worm or a tiny torpedo on it, you know, catching fish myself. That's just, you know, how I was raised. But 
I mean, that's, that's just what I've, that's what we've always faced. That's what I've always thrown. That's, that's my comfort bait. You know, if I, if I said, I, I can go, I can throw a drop shot. I can do other stuff. I really got the last two years. I really got where I like a Ned rig, but if it was up to me, I would have a floating worm in my hand all day long. Um, the floating worms that I throw, they don't even make anymore. I don't know what I'm going to do when I run out of them. There was a company in Lawrence, South Carolina, that made them. It's a Sportsman Super Floater. I think they made them back in the 80s. But like I said, that's all I, that's all the way through. And when they went out of business, my dad and the guy that fishes with him, used to fish with him, they went and bought all of them. So I've still got gallon Ziploc bags of them, but, you know, they're they're slowly but surely running down. But I said, it's, it's just, I saw a lot of fish, man. I mean, I just, that's all, that's what I grew up fishing. It's like second nature to fish it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you, do you fish it with a swivel or no swivel? No, no swivel. I, um, uh, like I said, the worms that I use actually float. If you take them and throw them in the, you know, a lot of people, but I've used zone trick worms and stuff too, but these, if you throw them in the water, they float on the water. Um, okay. I usually run, like I'm running, um, I, I throw it on a smaller rod. I think I got a six foot medium heavy, you know, back cast. I run 10 pound mono because it helps it float. And I can just, I can whip it everywhere, you know, flipping under stuff. You know, like I said, I, I fish, even when I was little, my dad always laughed because I, I burn it. You know, it's not, you know, some people, I burn it. And like I said, when they hit it, they hit it. It's more of a, I must get a reaction strike out of them sometimes. But I do, you know, every, Every couple of trips, I'm putting line on it because if you don't fish a swivel, it will, it will twist your line up. But that swivel also makes it sink more, and I, I want it at the top of the water. Gotcha. So you're fishing. So essentially, you're fi- you fish it more like a like a top water bait. Yeah. Than, than, yeah. A, than a subsurface bait. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly how I fish. Like I said, that's early morning to the sun. You know, gets up where they quit biting top water nine times on 10 i'm usually throwing that if i'm getting bit on it and most of the time usually you catch a lot of small fish but you can also catch some good ones on it too gotcha gotcha yep i've thrown it around here a little bit and just you know i don't know why there's there's other baits i I like to throw better than it so i haven't really gotten the really gotten the hang of it yet but it's gonna it's something especially in this in this region of the country that it seems to that it seems to work really well yes yeah, it's, it's it was really good on murray um way back you know when i was younger when there wasn't as many houses there was willow bushes everywhere i mean everywhere there was nothing but bushes and it really works good around bushes i guess that's why we always we always fished it mm-hmm. gotcha gotcha so you mentioned Lake Murray here. Um, are you going to be fishing that that Queen City event there at the end of the year if it works out for you? Oh yeah, I've already. Um, when Vinny put the the for schedule come out, whenever it was last year, I already marked that one on the calendar. You know, I'm liable to go in there and get my teeth kicked in, but it, it, it's nice to fish something you know. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what can what can people expect from Lake Murray in the fall? In in general terms, obviously, you don't want to give up any of your any of your juice stuff. But in general terms, what can what can people fishing that event uh, expect from Lake Murray that time of the year? Um, the thing that's hard about tricky about Murray now is the heron in it. Usually, to me, like the upper end of the lake, um, from say State Park 
up the rivers, a bass still acts like a bass. Once you get on the state part to the end, they act like a striper. It's, you know, other than spawning, they're herring, 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 herring. You know, you can have a really good game plan to be on some really good fish, you know, somewhere on the lake, and all it's going to take is one guy to land on, be on, on, the, on the right point, and the right school of fish come up, and dude, they can, they're going to catch 70 plus inches in 15 minutes. And, you know, it's just right place, right time. It, it's somebody can really smash them if they come up school. And especially you get, you're getting in September, fall, you know, that time of year, they really start keying on bait fish, and it's, them hair herons really changed that lake from what it used to be. That and it used to have hydrilla and it used to, man, we used to get out there, you have hydrilla fifteen foot off the bottom and you get those air spooks and stuff over top of it. Just kill them. Well they kill all the grass. That's one reason why the bass masters really don't come like it used to. And then it's it's turned more into a striper lake when all the striper people come in and that heron got in it. And like I said, it just it changed it totally changed that lake. But I said, somebody can look up and get on the right school and win that tournament on a school of fish in probably 15 minutes. Absolutely. In the last couple of years, especially, I didn't, I didn't know too much about Lake Murray um, before like the last, I don't know, last four or five years, but it seems like Lake Murray's got a lot, a lot of really big fish in it too. I didn't, you know, before moving down this way, I didn't realize how much of a big fish lake it was. Yeah, to, to me, it's like watery. It has really good quality, really good quality fish. And, and I said, the, the ones on the lower end, the heron helps them grow. Like I said, there's some, the average fish is really good in it. It really is. I think um, I won the tournament there last year with another club. It's a, it's a three fish. It's um, yeah, there are three fish. And I think I had like, almost 54 inches and three fish oh wow the guy that won it this year with the other club I, he won it with 56 and three fish i had what i had 51 and three quarters and come in third this year three fish so it, it's 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 hot and you know it'll still be hot in september but the fish is there they really are absolutely yeah that's those are really impressive three fish limits for sure um, do you, so, you know, I was looking on when I was getting things set up and trying to, trying to get a hold of you to start the start, um, you know, seeing if you wanted to come on the show. I saw your, uh, your profile, your Facebook profile picture is, uh, is with a flounder. How much, how much saltwater fishing do you, do you try to do? Maybe once or twice a year, you know, being, I live upstate South Carolina. I'm probably, I'm probably 45 minutes from Wiley. But it takes about, you know, the coast is about three. Like last year, me and a guy from work, we'll go down there and we'll stay a couple of days, fishing burrows in up with the kayaks. It, it, it's a lot of fun. And it's to me, it's different, you know, just something different. Absolutely. Something, something more, something fun to do more than, more than anything, Ben. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Good deal, man. Good deal. Um, you know, is there anything anything else you wanna you wanna say about uh, your win at at the Catawba Clash? Anything I, I didn't ask you about that you'd like to touch on? No, I think I think we pretty much like I said it wasn't it wasn't you know it was floating worm and a striking rodent. That's pretty much the bait, you know, catching them on cement walls and um, 
rip rap and you know just a you know a rock pile out and you scatter rocks out in the middle of the lake on a river lead you know i mean i say you know everybody i mean it was right place at the right time and but i think a lot of times we don't give ourselves enough credit i mean that that's what i was looking for i just looked up and found it you know Gotcha. So were you, at the end of the day, I know you said you got the service wasn't great on the lake, but were you surprised at the end of the day that you were able to, you were able to pull out the win? Well, see, that's what's so bad. You know, they, they cut the leaderboard off at like two o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like an hour and a half. So I really didn't know I won till I don't know, whatever time Vinny done the Zoom meeting at night, seven, seven thirty-ish. You know, I knew, I knew what I had. But, you know, somebody else, my thought, like, you know, somebody else could have been on that lake and smashed them like I did and now had a signal and, you know, hadn't got their fish turned in. Because I think the tournament's over. I can't remember what time it was now, but you still got an hour to submit your fish, you know, after the tournament's over for, you know, for signal reasons. So I really didn't know till that night. You know, I was hoping, but I just, I just didn't know. You're just sitting there anxiously waiting for, oh, yeah, waiting for the final results. <laughs> yeah, it's rough. But I mean, that, you know, that's, that's what I was picking at Vineyard. You know, that's why we do it. You know, the adrenaline and the stress, you know, that just adds to the addiction of it all. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, if they wait too long, though, you're like, come on now. Let's, let's speed this, let's speed this up just a little bit. So I know for sure. Yeah. You know, especially with a tournament, you know, that big with that club, because they, they got some, there's some hammers in there. There's no doubt there's some hammers. You know, you're me going from fishing with clubs, you know, have 20, 25 to 50, you know, kayaks at the most to going, you know, fishing on what 110. You know, I was pretty excited about it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So before I let you go here, um, is there anybody, anybody you want to promote? Anybody you want to say, anybody you want to say thank you to? No, I'm, I'll give a shout out to Vinny, man, you know, because, you know, for him to, to have that club and to run it like he runs it, and, you know, for us to be able to compete for, you know, that kind of money within an hour, hour and a half, two hours of the house and not have to drive, you know, state over, state over to compete for that money, you know, it's, it's, it's really nice. It really is. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, you know, I have, I live in, I live in Greenville, North Carolina, so I don't get to get to travel that way very much but it's from afar it's very impressive what those what those what Vinny's been able to do with that with that Queen City Trail for sure excuse me sorry about that so yeah man um I appreciate you coming on the show this week and uh you know it's been it was hectic trying to trying to you know get this recording done both of us went on vacation but i appreciate you sticking with me and uh, appreciate you doing the show with me today uh, i appreciate you having me on here man it's, you know it's, it's it's nice for you to do this for us around here to have something like this too i appreciate that man i appreciate it so man good luck with the rest of your kayak schedule this year and uh hopefully i'll be running india down the road here all right thanks man appreciate it yeah, man. Thanks to Scott Simmons for joining me today, and thank you all for joining me. On the next episode of the show, we will catch up on some tournament action from the past weekend, the CKA event at Random and 
the Hobie BOS at the Susquehanna River. And I want to get into kind of the big kayak news from from iCast about the new Hobie series with Mike Iaconelli. So we'll get into that on the next episode of the podcast. Thanks again for listening. I hope you review, subscribe, rate, and keep sharing this podcast with your friends. I'd also like to thank Carolina Waters and Carolina Passport Outfitters for their continued support of this podcast. And until next time, this has been the Carolina Kayak Lunker Hunters Podcast. Thank you.